Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's me, Chris Pratt, back from holiday, which I'm sure was upset. Uh, I'm joined by Matt, I'm joined by Kev, and I'm joined by Kev now. So, all in all, we're doing really well. How are we all? Uh, not too bad. Chris, I don't know if your your mic is uh, needs to be plugged in or something. It's coming across a bit ropey. I'm not sure. People in the chat can let you know from, if your sound is all right. You know, it's, an old, it's an old mic. I probably need a new one, to be fair. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, much, much, much. Yeah, there we go. Good, good, good. Anyway, Bass, how are we? We've done a show for ages. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen you. We're uh, right back into the thick of things now, so yeah. it's good. It's uh, it's nice having a little bit of time to process things. You know, doing the instant match reaction shows, you've got like ten minutes to get your thoughts together, and so it's nice to have a couple of days to think back on the whole weekend. So these are fun shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us. Mr. O'Sullivan, how are we? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I owe everyone in the chat an apology because everyone in the chat was absolutely right on the McAllister uh, penalty, or sorry, red card, and I was completely 100% wrong. But so, I refer so, back to Matt's point. I refer back to Matt's point that we literally had five minutes from the end of the match to going live. I saw two replays and I got it horrendously wrong. And right. everyone in the be, chat got it right. It won't be the last time you get something wrong in this show. Trust me. It's, me well, it's right, been so. a while. It's been a while, let's be honest. It's it's, it's been a day, mate, let's be fair. <laughs> and Kev, apart from Dan from Bronchitis, how are we? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm all good. Yeah, for anyone on the show, if if I have to take a break, I apologise. But um, yeah, no, I'm all good. I'm just happy the football's back, to be honest. I was, I've been kind of itching for it for a while now. Um, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward yeah. to the football. I, I could be honest, I could have gone another couple of weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> Matt Robbins' conversation, he looks forward to it. No, I'll be bothered. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of how I, I, think, I could I could do a couple of weeks, I'd be fine. I think when it comes down, when Europe starts, you know, we get this first, this block of four games out of the way, have the international mm-hmm. football, come back, yes. European draw happens, you know, and you're going two games a week, three games a week until Christmas. The nights start getting a bit darker and then it starts so, feeling real. Thursday nights start getting busy for us, Kev. Oh yeah, Every Thursday uh, night serve. What was that? I'm still, what I'm was still that got advert, to, he served years ago. I know. I've still got to. We never got that, that side who got who got a, a train track going down the side of the state, down the side of the stadium. So you have a train that going across your line of sight when you watch yeah, it. That'd, that'd be hilarious. Be That's yeah, they want. got they got demolished in the early qualifying rounds in the Europa League. But to be fair, if you got to go to Europa, go pull Europa, proper random stadium. That's what you want. <laughs> Anyway, we'll, we'll see what we get. See what we get. So we'll have to talk about it because it's broke today. So we'll we'll do a good ten minutes on it and then 
because I don't think anything's going to come of it. Uh, Mo Salah, according to certain reports, um, is really wanted by the Saudi Pro League. Who, who knew? Apparently, depending who you read, um, Mo wouldn't mind going, but he's not going to push for it. His agent alleged he's been offered a king's ransom to push it. Matt, kind of feels like if you really wanted Mo Salah, you probably should have gone early in the summer because there's no way Liverpool are going to be able to find any sort of replacement now. I also don't think there's an appetite for Liverpool to sell. Um, the, cut, the, next, the next time I'm going to get Mo Salah is probably next summer, but even then, Kev thinks he's going to go. I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm not convinced either. It's uh, the, the timing of it all just... I, I can't believe it just simply because of the timing. You don't make a snap decision it's not, it's, it's to, to try like to get play, Mo Salah. It's almost like we're playing somebody who's got Saudi links. So yeah. I yeah. Uh, we, I may have got that wrong. Maybe maybe we aren't. Maybe we aren't. But, you know, anyway, sorry. I, I, said that, I said that same sort of idea about the mooted Luis Diaz to El Itihad transfer rumors that were around, I don't know, three, four, five weeks ago. The days are all just blending together in this silly window. Uh but I said at the time that it just feels like Newcastle just trying to unsettle the clubs. So all it takes is somebody with a relative connection to any of these teams to just send a DM to a Fabrizio Romano or whoever. And all of a sudden there's a story that's there. So I don't think it's going to happen to me. If it was going to happen, it would have been a much more concerted effort by whichever club it was going to be. And it would have happened in my, in my opinion, immediately on the heels of Lionel Messi turning them down. When they offered yeah. Messi that huge money to get the, like the goat, to get the best player that's ever played, you know, the best player in the world for the last 18 years or whatever it's been. And when he turned them down to go to the MLS, if they would have shifted their attention right then and there of going and getting Mo Salah and being like, okay, we didn't get that superstar. We're going after another superstar. But with seven Thankfully, only days left in the window. It's just, it's not going to happen. And I don't think did that they, they, they're they really, Can they really do that, though? They Didn't they bring Benzema in, who obviously just yeah. come back off the back of the yeah. Ballon d'Or? Like, I think that's kind of yeah. what they've done. Yeah. But I read something <clears> else the other day. Uh, sorry, I heard, heard another podcast the other day. Uh, the, club, the club that want Mo Salah, Saudi, Saudi Arabia probably has a rule about you're only allowed eight non-Saudi players in your squad. And apparently they have nine because they bought Jota from Celtic and they're trying to sell him now because they bought him some and went, shit, we can't actually play him now because we've got too many non-Saudi non players. We actually need to move. So they actually need to get rid of one now. So they've also sort of, again, sort of gone, if you really wanted Mo Salah, you kind of wouldn't have like filled your stock up. Now listen, they could just go and sell the other fella. I get that. But it all just feels a bit like, um, I don't know what you think, Mr. Osovac, just feels a bit like um, unsettling look, bullshit look, and we'll, probably, we'll deal with this properly next summer. All this talk is literally keeping the Saudi League in the European papers. It's keeping the every team the the notion that they can reach into any European club and take the best players anytime they want. Which, if they're big, if the numbers are big enough, they can. It doesn't matter who you are at any club in Europe. If the number is big enough, the selling the club, the selling club, i.e. Liverpool in this case, will have to entertain the offer. You know they want they want they don't have to accept it by any means, but they're going to have to look at it. And the idea that you can look at a player who's thirty-one years of age, who's plateaued at Liverpool, he's not going to improve with two years left in his contract, and suddenly you're offered the bones of throw a figure. What fig, what figure is something that could tempt Liverpool? Two hundred and fifty million. 
You know, Man City earned 290 million to win the treble. So money is no object to these people. And if they want a player, they'll get it. The thing is, Mo Salah is the biggest attraction, the biggest player in the Muslim world, in the Arab world. He is, without doubt, the biggest star in the world, as far as they're concerned. If they wanted him to be the marquee player for their league, they'd have got, they'd have made a, a bigger effort, as you said earlier on. I don't think Liverpool will be in a position to sell him this, this summer. That's the truth. But I honestly think next summer, with a year left to go on his contract, you have to, to, to you have to look at it how Spurs looked at King, because in the twelve months after, if he doesn't extend, you have to replace him for nothing if he walks. So I think next summer is there's going to be a, a discussion that will have to happen around whether you cash in on Mo and use that money to try to replace him. You're not replacing him with one player. There isn't one player out in the market at the moment. Unless someone evolves or develops over the next 12 months into being some banger right winger who's banging in 25, 30 goals somewhere, there aren't you're not replacing him with one player. So you have to be you have to plan replacing him. But at the same time, I think next summer you're gonna have to entertain a, a legitimate offer that will come for him, no doubt in my also, mind. Also, if you, if you say look about Liverpool's current ownership and look, people have different opinions and all that, they need Champions League money, so they want yeah. most out of this year to get them in the Champions League. And then the discussion is next summer. I think the discussion next summer will be both sign an extension or you're fucking off. I think that's what it'll be. They don't think I don't think they want him to go in a free, so it'll be sign an extension or, or we're just going to sell you to whoever. And I think that that's probably the conversation you'll see in next year. But yeah. FIFA Kev, I'll call you FIFA Kev. Was Mister Russell? Uh, if you give me one sec, there's just there's just one thing. Archie asked me a straight question there. Salah out and Mbappe in this week? Yes or no? No. no. Um, purely and simply, be, and I think Mbappe is a fantastic footballer. Don't get me wrong; I think he's absolutely brilliant. But every you're having that this conversation about more Salah, you're having this about Mbappe every, every Mbappe window, every, every window. Months. Every window. That's, that's uh, that but yeah. he, exactly, he's he'll be pimping himself to Madrid at every opportunity. You don't need that in your in your club. You really don't. Yeah. And I he's mean, a I'm... fantastic player as he is. There is just absolutely no. I'd rather go for Cabaradona than go for an Mbappe. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, and Dicker points out the Saudi um, transfer closed three weeks after hours. But again, yeah. I don't think if the Saudi the Saudi league want big big name players, they're gonna to have to do it before you know the European window closes because you can't see European clubs selling really big players and then going, well oh, fuck we'll sit sit till January with money in my pocket. But no. That's because- that's why you don't put release clauses in your contract. If you're gonna have staggered windows like this with a league with unlimited funds for player transfers, can you imagine if Mo Salah had a hundred and fifty million pound release clause? And mm-hmm. on the third of September they activate it and you literally can't say no if the player wants to leave. So that's why that's why that's why a lot of clubs don't do it because you know look having to bar, the whole of Barcelona falling over started with someone actually paid the mad release clause for Neymar which no one ever thought they would and the whole cascade effect happened there. Someone's put Pedro Neto as salary replacements, not really because he only plays about three games a season because he's got no knees, you know, and got, he doesn't he doesn't bang goals. He doesn't bang goals. I need alcohol to have that conversation. <laughs> but the other thing is, I know what you're saying, Kev. He's the, and we'll bring uh, FIFA Kevin there. He may be 30, 
he's 31, he's going to be 32 at the end of that. So I don't see, you don't really see his goals drying up, you know, and he's sort of already sort of tailoring his game where he's not blistering pace all the time. So he's adapting his game. I, I generally think, like you said, Kevin, if, if he goes, which I think if he does go, it'll be at least next summer. You need two or three. I think he actually changed his style of play because you need two or three players to replace those numbers, big numbers. Well, FIFA Kev, how how are you seeing this? I think I'm I'm fairly on Kev's other Kev's um, point of view that I, I think there's no way it happens now. No, like no. you said, you you guys need the Champions League money. I think he still would fancy himself for at least another year to be good enough to to really be at his peak. But I think I think I also kind of agree with you, Chris. It will either be you either extend or you leave from Liverpool's point of view. And I think I think Salah will go, and I think he, I think he'll go there. Um, mainly just because I think I might be wrong, but as far as I'm aware, he's a very religious like Muslim, and I think he would look at moving to a Muslim country as a obviously a big positive. And mm-hmm. I think if it's he's just, offered, if he's getting offered like Ronaldo money to go to Saudi. He's getting offered. I think I saw he's getting offered three hundred seventy-five thousand pounds a day. Um, so if he's getting offered anywhere near that, it just seems like an absolute no-brainer. Um, so for me, I, I think he goes next year. I think. Especially Matt, if you don't stop, get stop, top four this year. Matt, Especially, stop causing mischief yeah. from the chat, Matt. I can see you there. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't say rough pens this month. I think that's a very legitimate <laughs> point. At this point, don't don't rock the boat yeah. at all. I mean, the last can thing I, we want is an unhappy player. So can, let's I, just yeah, can I take pens off your, off your crack, Mo? Don't worry. Wait, But, you know, after the Villa game, ah, Mo, you're, you're done now. <laughs> anyway, that's enough Salah chat now. So let's look at last weekend. I don't think much happened last weekend. Uh, I think officiating was good. BR was consistent. And oh wait, no, sorry, no, of course it wasn't. So Matt, we, we have the first VR, another VR controversy. I think what we have to start doing is we're going to talk about this every week. Should we just do like a ranking scale of how much of a bollocks have they made of this? Because <laughs> it's a ten. Yeah, uh, because. We had we had the apology to Wolves for a, a non-penalty at the Man United game. Now we've had an official who's seen some of it wrong. Our friend Mr. T and he saw five replays that and went, yeah, looks sound to me. And literally the next day everyone went, yeah, it's gonna rescind it. And then you had the Wirral's finest um on Sky saying, Yeah, it's a definite red card. There's no problem with that being a red card. It's just like going, Jesus wept. Technology only as good as the Muppets that use it. I think the frustration was, and as FIFA Kev knows, I have no love for Man United at all. But in the first 15 minutes of the Spurs game, Poro goes through Bruno Fernandes below his knee. And if Bruno Fernandes' leg is planted, he breaks his leg. Yeah. And they don't, he doesn't even get a free kick, let alone a red card. He doesn't get a free kick. That one was and awful. Then, and it was the pen as well. Like, if if this is a natural position these days, then I don't know what like what is going on there. We love um, Chelsea. Game. That's a natural position as well. So don't worry. Yeah, it just it they're just so inconsistent. It, like, like I said, I thought it was a pen. Like first of all, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Like it didn't get given. Um, and then I was getting like tons of abuse online about it. And then once that happened in the, the Tottenham game, I was like, well, no one can talk to me. Like how if that ain't a pen for handball. I don't know what is, so I think everyone's just completely fed up with it at this point. Yeah, and then Matt, we saw Bruno Guerreras do the exact same foul in the City game. Free kick, yellow card, and everyone went... Uh, but everyone's going to trouble, yeah. And the McAllister one, we all went, it's a foul. And I always think you could tell with a red card how the opposition players react. 
it wasn't if if it's a nasty tackle like a red car tackle, footballers the natural crowd the ref that's outrageous you know try and kill him you know try and punch him you know because you know it's a bad tackle. Most of us it was like hey, it's free kick that and that was it and you can see and you can see the ball players and so the red all going, fucking hell. I think they all thought that their own player had sent off first. Yeah, I mean, it's strange. Like, Mike Dean must have been when he woke up the following morning and he saw that he was the only person that was still towing the line, that it was a red card, that all the other pundits and ex-pros and ex-referees, everybody, you know, that got a chance to look at it and think about it for a second, came to the conclusion that it should never have been a red card. Like, he must have either felt like a total fool or an absolute mad genius, but... Yeah, it's like having seen the other two tackles, McAllister's is the most yellow out of those three tackles. I, I mean, it was the least deserving of, of a sending off. They did get, they at least got the Pickford incident right. I want to make sure we don't gloss over that because it was one of the highlights of the entire weekend's actions for me. But they did get that right, you know, giving uh, giving a penalty away. They didn't have a chance to talk that back. But yeah, it was just wrong. Like doing the match reaction, Kevin and I, like when I first saw it live in the game, I, I wrote my notes. It's not even a yellow card. And then you see one replay and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, well, it's definitely a yellow card, but I, I, I guess I can kind of see why it's a red. And then you hear like, oh, yeah, no, his studs are up. And then you see one still image and it's like, oh, boy, that looks bad. And then you go on, you do a show and you kind of talk yourself down from the ledge because you don't want to be screaming and hollering too much about, you know, how Liverpool have been robbed by the referees once again. But it's just, it's just not a red card. And I don't know how the PGMOL fixes this because that's what VAR is there for. It's totally understandable how the referee in the moment makes that call. He's close. The feet come together. Yeah. Yeah. You get it wrong. That's the, it's not the on-field official you really have. Blake still going because I was I I think I put to Kevin in the chat uh, is if McAllister's half a sec half a second earlier, so he gets the ball first. The ball player is going to hit him with the exact same tackle. Is he going to send the ball player off for that? No. And if he did, you, you'd all we'd all go. That's not, it's a foul. It's not a red card. It's just a foul. You know they are allowed. Mr. O'Sullivan, I don't know what you think. The, the one thing I think they've got to get rid of with this VAR thing, apart from officials like Paul Seedix, he's shit, is stop slowing it down. Stop going to like show it, show watch what you really want. Watch it real time because real time you see if there is force behind the tackle, if there is an intent. Every tackle looks horrendous in slow motion. Every still makes, you can make any tackle look horrendous if you do it in slow yeah. motion. Show I, it in real I time. don't mind the. Pi- I don't mind the slowing stuff down if it's to identify who did what when it's yeah, yeah. close, especially in the box. That was the first oh. red card that we've had rescinded in 20 years. Wow. It's been 20 years since we've had a red card rescinded. It doesn't happen often. And that's why everyone, and you could tell because everyone online, when six o'clock came on, the, I think it was the Tuesday night, and it just broke. Yeah, uh, McAllister's red card has been rescinded. We were literally all in WhatsApp group. I can't believe it. I told you, it you thought shock. I told you, you yeah. thought I was winding up. <laughs> he said, yeah. you thought, I like, you thought about nah, a black that. account. You thought about a black yeah. account. <laughs> and it, it's, it's like I said on the on the post match. The match referee sees it once in a split second. 
he was it was his first time refereeing at Anfield, as far as I know. It was probably he was caught up in the moment and he got cut out. He didn't see what he thought he saw. It's it was horrendous by the VAR that he didn't say to him. And one of the best things I've seen out of this weekend, this last weekend, was on Ref Watch and Steve Warner went in on the whole process by saying you have to get rid of this notion of clear and obvious. It's a nonsense. It's literally three words put together to an elicit a response. It's a joke. It does. It, is the decision right? Yes or no? Is it wrong? Yes or no? If it's wrong, fix it. It's that simple. I don't yeah. want to referee the game. Re-referee the game. Bullshit. Very referees the, the game all the time. They're yeah. they're checking every goal to make sure that there isn't a foul in it. It's being re-refereed anyway. So call it what it is. And communicate I mean, it properly. I mean, we're the only league in Europe that's still drawing fucking lines for offsides, whereas that all those now using the, the semi-automatic thing, which is quicker and yeah. visually easy to see where they go, oh, that part of his body is onside. Okay, fair yeah, enough. They, that's, all, that's all you need. They have to be dragged kicking and screaming into making changes. I hate yeah. this idea that... Yeah, and they've talked about the McAllister penalty now into being almost a dive. Sobberslay, you mean? He cut yeah. caught him on a on a chop back, and the ref the defender put a lazy leg out. He won the Rob, penalty. Robert Perez, Robert Perez made a career out of doing that. Yeah, Sadio Mane made a career out of that. It's still a penalty. You know what I mean? It, it's a penalty all day long. If that happens in the middle of the box and two midfielders come together like that. And he prevents a counter-attack. Is he booking? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I, I don't get it. And the thing is, labels stick in this league. I mean, the, the amount of fouls that Salah should get in the box because of his close control and he's like quick dribbles. And he never gets them because the impression is that he's a diver. And that, a that impression came two, three years ago. When, oh, it's a soft penalty. It's a soft penalty. No, he's, the, he's not got an obligation to stay on his feet. If the defenders also, are stupid enough to put their legs in where it shouldn't be, and the player goes over, that's on the player. It's the same it's with us with Bruno. It's the same with yeah. us with Bruno and Rashford. From our our last season, our last full season under Ollie, when we had, I think we had a ridiculous amount of pens, and then now people can just take chunks out of both of them, and we don't even get fouls for it. Um, yeah. The main one I wanted to talk about as well, because I don't get it, is the Tommy Asu red card. <laughs> I I don't for one. Time wasting doesn't okay. make sense. I get how it's like. All right, well, he was the last one in a spell of it. All right, whatever. The second oh, so was not. The, sorry, when he like pulls the, it, when he pulls when he pulls him back. Yeah, but he doesn't touch him. He like yeah. he, mm. like he basically goes like that, yeah. and he drops like. Yeah. And, and I also, think he got, I think the ref got caught up in it, but I was did. all right with the first yellow, the first yellow because I was right. a bit. I hate. I don't. I I'm more for attack. You know. Pushing the with it, but I mean, honestly, he, he threw it about seven blokes before he actually took the throw. No, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is, Tommy Asu, out of everyone there, wasn't the one who deserved that yellow card. Like, if you watch him for the seven seconds he has the ball in his hand, he's looking for people trying to throw the ball. It's Havertz who stood there for 20 seconds, basically juggling the thing, doing nothing. So, I didn't get that anyway. But then also, sorry. this, this didn't, thing, go on, sorry, didn't try and get, didn't try and get booked for us, Matt, at one yeah, point. Yes, he, he looks no for, he, he's looking for throwing, he goes, time wasted, and they're going. It's one-one at home against a side who will be mid-table. Why would you be time wasted? It just and we didn't 
do you know what I mean? Also, the concept say it, it doesn't make sense for that in that scenario to time waste. It, it makes no sense. And also, this rule that with VAR that we can't look at stuff that's it own, not, not that's a yellow card. Like apparently, yeah, you can't I, look at yellow cards. How does that even? I don't. Get, I don't I think, think you want them to look at yellow cards. I think that opens a Pandora's box of. I, I think if it's a yellow, if it's a yellow, this that leads to a red. A red yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Yeah. if it becomes, if it goes to that point, there needs to be a way of like, because that was horrific. That was a clear dive from I, in my opinion. Like, yeah, he hasn't touched I mean, him really at all. I couldn't believe the only thing happened. I'd say with the all the with the the two major VR decisions <clears> the weekend, <throat> I think the Tomiyasu one was one of the major ones, and the McAllister one. It didn't cost either side points, and it should have. Bournemouth should have done better against 10 men because uh, it was 2-1 at the time. They should have done better. They were still they, they had a decent game for 20, 25 minutes in that game. We and had a Palace pen that cost us. We should have had yeah, a pen that's it. with them standing there like that. We should have been one nil up after about half hour. And we, it's we, a different we, game. We, it's a completely yeah. different game. And it's just the inconsistency of all of it is just it's so frustrating as a fan. Like, I think it's almost going to be well. like an open. I think it's going to be an open conversation now for the whole season <clears> until they they come together with and they have to come together with the captains and with the managers and work out the best way of implementing this. I get where Chris is coming from on the time wasting, but I remember Klopp after the first. I think it was a post match he did after the first game, and he was asked about the um, Trent's Trent with his mm. throwings. Those throw-ins are designed to get... We don't turn the ball over. We rarely turn the ball over on our throw-ins in our own half because they take the extra five seconds, ten seconds, to work a good space to get the ball across the pitch and go on a counter-attack. And that takes time to move players around. If you want to stop that, then you're, you're re it's really going to become a disadvantage to have a throw in your own half. Because you'll the sides will press the living daylights out of you. And if you can only if you only got five or six seconds to take the throw, your options are limited at best anyway. So I, I, the, the odds of getting turned over when it's supposed to be your advantage. If the throw if you have to throw, it's supposed to be your advantage. Thing is, so for, I, I don't know how they're gonna have to work it. They're gonna have the, to do for something. the Arsenal one. I get why there should have been a yellow. Just the yellow mm. shouldn't have been for Tomiyasu. That they they basically held the ball at that part of the pitch for about a minute. But Tommy Asu had only had it for seven seconds, and he was trying to throw the ball. That's what. I, yeah. That's what I don't get. And I, I, like, I get all right. He's the last one who's holding it, so he's the one who gets it. But it just doesn't seem. It just like it just doesn't. It's very make school sense. schoolyard stuff, isn't it? It's and like it's just, yeah, you're the one who was caught with the with the thing in your hand. You're yeah. a guilty one. Yeah, the rest of just, them aren't guilty. They're just guilty by association. Just, oh, it's it. your mates who got you in the shit. It's always <laughs> that innocent kid that gets peer pressured into having the smoke yeah. behind the school, and that's when the teacher comes around the corners. When the yeah, the kid that everyone else is looking that. around like, well, yeah. Me. But I mean, yeah, yeah it's un it's unfortunate that Tommy Asu picks up that yellow card. But again, I'm going to keep saying it until I change my mind, and then I'll stop saying it. I love. The yellow cards for time wasting and descent. I absolutely love it. I don't know how Thomas Party and I believe Odegaard both didn't Good see point. yellow cards for an extended Marcel Marceau session in their game mm -hmm. with the yellow cards up like this. I'm all for that. 
unfortunate that Tommy asked you, like, it would have been great if the ref went over and yellow carded all of those Arsenal players mm -hmm. that played a well, throw be, in. No, you uh, no. Like, let's get be, rid of it, that. It'd be interesting with Liverpool go to Newcastle because Newcastle were notorious last year for time wasting. Yeah, Newcastle fans don't like to be told this, but I, Kev, we remember the game. Like, yeah. The Carvalho 99 minute winner, which is still glorious because uh, it just pissed everyone off. But that was outrageously oh, I'm over the top time wasting, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. I mean, I, that, that was that was a goal in what nine minutes of added on time before the we, new rules. So, I mean, we could yeah. get 25 minutes against Newcastle on the weekend. We'll still be playing, we'll still be playing on Monday. In, well, look, I mean, I'm sure well, this time next week we'll be talking about more referee decisions, 100%. Well, let's have a look at the weekend's, well, last weekend's results in terms of, you know, Bournemouth keep on, uh, sorry, Brighton keep on winning, you know. Yeah, another, eight goals uh, scored. Eight goals scored. You know, caveat that, they're the teams you would expect to beat, but they're beating them, look, you could have beat within front of that, and they're beating them in a very, very convincing manner. You know, fun to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, Wolves, not really sure where they are at the moment. Newcastle, I kind of felt got beaten second gear by City. I know it was only 1-0, but I kind of felt once City went 1-0 up, they just kind of kept Newcastle enough, enough for arm's length to not hurt them. And I think that was a strategy for City due to the fact they only played the um, Super just, Cup just, 48 hours here. I just don't think City actually were that convincing. I don't think that was even necessarily their second gear. I just don't think they looked that good. They didn't look good against Burnley either. Or in, no. against in the Super Cup, I haven't seen a good performance out of them this season. Actually, no. I think it's, I think it's, well, I think it's how City have played for the last two three years. Is yeah, I'm, I'm not saying. Like, I think it's I think it's the old Fergie way, which is it's a really slow start. Take along yeah. and then and then in November they kick into gear and everyone goes, oh shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying like oh like alarm bells, City City are done. No, no I know what you mean. Like they just, I, I don't think it was a thing of like all right, we'll chill out like. I think it was a thing of just like I think that's about as good as they've got in them at the moment. And but once mm -hmm. we get halfway through the season, they'll go and win fifteen in a row, and I'll go cry in a corner. So yeah, that's the way well, it works. Sunday, Matt was a an interesting day. Our mm. blue friends um, got destroyed by Villa. And please, if you've not seen it, the James Talkowski post-match show is talk about interview is. I haven't glorious. seen it. So it was along the what lines happened? of it could have been worse because we didn't get beat by five. They got beat by five last week and they won by four this week. So, you know, we could do that next week. It was along those lines. So quicking, fuck me, mate. That's that's an interesting tactic. I probably wouldn't have gone with that for a post match interview. I haven't even scored a goal. They're playing they're wolves. Five. Yeah. Oh, it, that's three games in it. That they're in the mud. Point. Yeah. They're in the mud with this. What happened? Everton are really in trouble. Uh, with the, they had their preferred bidder that was going to come in and take a twenty-five percent share of the club, um, and they're, they're in dire need of investment. It looks like the Mary Gray is the latest one who's going to get his move. I mean, Chris, you you you're right there. It's well, yeah, but it, it, it's they must be getting really nervous now because they've dice with the the drop for the last two seasons. And it's pure dumb luck that they didn't go down. Let's be truthful. The, they the must Blues be I, seriously worried now. The the Blues I know are either it's a bit like gallo humor of like our, oh, you know, it is what it is, or they're not even angry. That it's almost like they resigned to going like, we're crap. Look what we've got, we're crap. What do you expect? 
you know, we, we must be a relegation battle. So I think they're just like, we just got to hope Luton, Burnley, and uh, Sheffield United are shit. That's kind of how they reside. Yeah, they feel to too. me like Sunderland of a few years ago, where they just yeah. circled around the bottom for about two, three years and then went. Tell That's two, three years they've all started away out I, of it, but they, they just feel like they just feel like the permanent's going to be in a relegation battle until they get I, that club just needs a bit of a restructure completely. I don't I don't think it's that bad. I think they kind of remind me more of like what West West Ham were when they were transitioning from their stadium. Because I know they're moving into a new one, aren't they? Soon, I think. I, I feel oh, like yeah, the current owner they've got is. I feel like the current owner they've got has more of the Ellis Shaw's about him when he was at Sunderland, which is Mashiri's put money into a point, but ever since the Osmanov links weren't allowed anymore because of we you know the off-field reasons why he's not allowed, they aren't spending much money. You know, it is. Yeah, but I think that's partly because big... of the stadium, though. No, Possibly. no, it's not. It's it's more to do with the. The it's, they're in a very similar situation to what Manchester United are in at the moment. Years of bad transfer policy and overpaying and overpaying on wages has literally and not enough coming in in terms of sponsorship, prize money from T. You know, being in the league where they are, they physically cannot go and invest any more money without breaching FFP. Uh, Manchester United are in a very similar boat. They Manchester United, we know we'll get on to Manchester United in a minute and what kept things they need. But they need they've spent badly for years. Everton have spent badly for years. And they just don't have the headroom now to be able to, to rectify anything. And they're dependent now on pot luck signings that someone like what Rafa did with Damari Gray, turning a one point something million pound player into a 15 million pound player and selling them and try to, to grow that way. I they're think in, the few that they've brought in look good. Like they're good, they're good players, I think. I think Onana's a good player. I think Onana's Onana's a good player. player. I think Jack yeah. Harrison will be a good player for him. I think Dan Juma will think... be ready for it. I I, I just, just look at him and I, I just, just don't at... I don't think that they're, they're one of the worst three worst teams in the league. I don't. I, don't, I, don't. I, think I think the, the... their problem is more mental than anything else. I just think that they, I don't think they have enough, they have the capability to score enough goals, first and foremost. And they look like they couldn't keep a clean sheet to save their life. And that's not a good combination when you're coming to the end of a transfer window. And I think you could say that about. I, I think you could say that about six or seven teams, though. You could do, but they've been doing it now for for the last three years. And exactly as Rico said there, October 2025, 20, FFP ruling will decide where Everton go. They'll they'll have to be careful they could about be the Premier winning League. boys, yeah. But they'll have to be careful about the Premier League because do you know if Everton say got a points deduction? Just say they get a points yeah. deduction. If, they do, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm the three lads who got relegated last year, you sue the Premier League because you go in and gone. Mm-hmm. It was last year they breached the rules and they stayed up. That that points deduction would have kept us up. Generally, someone like a Leeds would be all over that, and they should be because that decision should be made and signed off before the season was ended. And that's I think that's the whole point of the new rules. The new rules that they've got coming in now—that's from this season on. Anything like this that happens in the future, it has to be sorted out by the end of that season. Not at the end of the season, but by the time the fixture list comes out for the following season. Right. Hmm. 
there there is a cutoff date where things like this have to be addressed and fixed and sorted out and punishments handed out. And it's only fair. It's like, again, the Premier League dragging their heels. You saw it with clubs in Italy when points deductions for Juventus, I think it was, that needed they to be handed done. down. And they were just done. Yeah. You know, no messing. Oh, do you want to hear the latest transfer gossip? Latest rumour. Apparently, it's going to break soon, apparently, that Chelsea oh, right, are, okay. are after Darwin Nunes. I just feel like he's just throw shit at the wall and see which, which one sticks. I can't see why Liverpool would sell. Some striker feels to no, me I like know. which Liverpool strike, which Liverpool pl- players not playing at all. Darwin Nunes, let's just throw that name. Let's <laughs> call it. Yeah. Was it go for a flyer? So can't see that one happening. Eventually, someone is going to hit on a on a good one, and he'll be able to say, "I that, told you so." But that's an exclu- that's an exclusive. Then you know the other twenty-seven yeah. are wrong. You know, but you know that's the game, isn't it? So it's, say. it's the way it works. That's it, especially with the way the new Twitter has gone with oh, engagements for money. So. Uh, well, the last game we'll talk about before we talk about... No, I want some Everton time. You skip right the hell over me. I'm no, sorry, no, well, but Jordan well, listen, Pickford last, giving away last... a penalty, taking a yellow card for time-wasting, and then conceding the penalty is some of the sweetest justice in the entire world for him. And Kev, I think you hit the nail on the head. I didn't have Everton to go down this season. I thought there would be three worst teams in Everton mm-hmm. in the league this year. And having watched them twice now and watched a lot of the other teams that are going to be skirting around that bottom twice... I'm not so sure anymore because Sean Dyche builds his team on having a strong defense and that Everton defense is not good. It's not, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that struggle to score goals this year because there, there's a lot of teams that are really lacking for a striker. Like the number of teams that would die to have Dominic Solanke or Taiwo Awonini on their team. Like both those players would fit great on Everton. So goals are going to be an issue like they always are, but you can stay up if you, have decent defense and they just don't like did you see did you see the state of um Calvert Lewin's face that's that whack as well but yeah it's yeah like yeah, yeah he needs, that was, that was, it's he like, needs it's to like learn he, like a forward defense or something that's good it's like he grew another face honestly yeah. God, not, so, it was such a whack I mean that feels like that, that could be a, a little while yeah. out for him because and for him that's unfortunate because it is just one of those unfortunate clashes that you get uh but look the other big result while we talk about Chelsea is they got humbled by um West Ham West Ham will worth the win. They rode the storm. Um, you sign two players for over two hundred million pounds. One can't kick a penalty, and the other one gives a penalty away. All in all, cracking midfield. That really, we have. Well, we all happy with that. I must admit, it's the best. You it's take, the best you've ever seen. You take the joy where you can get it, don't you? Because look, Mosquito is an if, excellent player. Yeah, he's an know, excellent player. It'd be bothered a few weeks. It'd be bothered a few weeks, I like, But I must admit, it was funny though. You can't yeah. deny it. The thing is, I didn't realise Enzo Fernandez, since he's signed for Chelsea, has only had one, one, one game. win. Yeah, one, one, one game in the league. Um, Do you know, since Tom Bowley's took over, they have more signings than wins. Yeah. But they're more signings than most things. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But yeah, not goals to see. You've got to look at Chelsea, right? I mean, they've signed another guy today, uh, Washington from Brazil, 18 year old kid, 17. Goalie. Uh, I was going to say a 17 year contract. No, a seven oh, yes. year contract with, an, with an option oh, of another one. Seven, 17 million pounds. And it's literally a case of, Matt, we talked about it last week. They're, they're taking the American sports model of buying up top talent, top young talent, and literally handing them to the coach and saying, here, fix that. You know, and no. Pochettino is, a, I think Pochettino is an excellent manager. I do. I, I think he, He's, 
if he's given time and patience by a club that has as legendary doesn't have it and has never given it to any manager, I think eventually he will build a, a squad capable of doing something. But at the minute, you're looking at the possibility of no striker by the end of the the window that they can build a side around. Two def- three defensive mil- midfield players that they brought in when without an ounce of creativity. That you, you have to be honest. Mason Mount was their creative outlet in midfield, and they got rid of him, not replaced the creative players that they did have from centre of the park. They've got wingers for days. And they've got a uh, captain who can't stay fit. Exactly. It, it's just an absolute mess. And God, I've, I've given up on the idea that they're going to be punished financially because it's like it's not a case that FFP isn't fit for purpose. It's just they've basically built into their model the fact that no matter what FFP do to them, they'll absorb the cost of it. If it's a £50 million fine, they'll just absorb it. And say, okay, that's... that. Which that's, is a, they, that's a part and parcel of trying to grow quickly. The way they work, rather than grow organically. Right. If you're going to do an FFP punishment in the world of Premier League and top level and the, the top tiers of all the leagues, fines do fuck all. No. The only way you hurt them is going to be things like gates behind closed doors because it costs. Because we all know with rich people, if it costs some money, they pay attention. It's not even that. I think it has or to be point points. De- yeah, point deductions, exclusions from competitions. Those sort of things where they go, ah, you know, yeah, but if we lose 10 points, we won't qualify for Europe. That's a lot of money I can't afford to have. And then you play them, and then you have to play by the rules. Whether you like FFP or not, you all know the rules of engagement before you start. And if you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar, then you take the punishment. Quite simple. But FIFA Kev, let's talk Man United then. So Tottenham, not, not the result you wanted. Um, but what's your sort of thoughts on? Recruitment you've had because Gary Neville, you know the uh, the voice of Man United as he likes to proclaim, uh, would say if he'd invested more money at one nil down, there'd be no issues. Roy Keane, who is not a fan of the owners, I, don't, I think he's made that note, just says there's too many players not performing. There's enough quality in that side to be getting better performance than than he thinks, and he, I think, rightly questioned. Can you question some of the manager's tactics? You know, you can question the owners to a point, but he's also set this side up and these are players he's asked for. So does the manager also have to look at some of these things as well? I sort of feel the truth somewhere in the middle. Um, right, so I'll kind of deal with that in two parts. So the actual game, um, the result for me, it, it did and it didn't reflect kind of how the game went in terms of we should have had a pen within the first half hour. Bruno missed a header from eight yards out, maybe, mm-hmm. like on his own in the middle of the box. And Anthony hit the post from 15 yards out. We had three chances, which on another day would have been a goal and we wouldn't have been in a losing position. So then what ended up happening in that second half was where we had to go and chase the game. Tottenham basically bided their time and then got another and killed the game. So like in terms of how the game ended up playing out, Tottenham deserved to win. But if we have that penalty, I think we go on and win that game and I'm not really too stressed. Um, now, in terms of like how I feel about transfers and stuff, um, I think the main thing we need is probably a midfielder, especially if Mount's out for four to six weeks. Um, and obviously, we got rid of Fred. 
and Van der Beek's injured. Um, obviously, Amrabat's the one that we've all wanted. And he's kind of just sitting there waiting. Because apparently we're dealing with some FFP stuff or something, I don't know. Um, but he's the one I think we should bring in. Um, and then in terms of like the manager's tactics, I actually don't. I don't really blame him. In terms of if we look at like a lot of the breakdown stats in terms of we've created 32 chances, which is the second highest in the overall league outside of Brighton. Uh, and we have created the most big chances in the league alongside Brighton as well with five. Yet we are the third lowest scorers in the league. So I, I'm more lean towards the side of what Roy Keane said in terms of we have a lot of players who are not performing to the level that they should be playing at because the chances are being created, like the tactics are working. Like there was a few times in that Tottenham first half alone where you can see the press and we caught them and we should have made more of it. So for me, I, I'm not too worried about the manager or the tactics or anything. I think it's just a matter of people just need to play better. And that's kind of where I land on it, really. Fair enough. Matt, how do how you see the things with Man United? Because we're obviously we're the outside looking in. Obviously we, we don't claim to have any love for Man, Man United. But there is this FFP if, issue, which is, it does sound like Man United need to actually, I think that this is why they're trying to probably they require like they don't think he's good enough, but so many they want to get rid. But it sounds like those players have turned around and said, I think Wan Basak was in the room with one who have all said, I've got a contract, mate. I'm happy to sit here and wait. And I think that's where, because let's be honest, if Man United wanted Amrabat, they could have got him first day of the window because they all know his release clause. They all know he's available. He's not, by football standards, remarkably expensive. But that's how tight they've left themselves. Is this them paying, paying the price for other things? Yeah, I believe there's a, a saying about lying in the bed that you've made for yourself sort of thing. So, you know, this is something that this being a Liverpool channel that some of the people that just throw out the just sign them, just pay them whatever they want. You know, like with Caicedo, like, why are we not offering the same level of wages? Jude Bellingham, like, why aren't we offering the same level of wages to get this player? Because you start doing that and you end up in a situation like this. You know, with Kev, you mentioned, you know, it's a, kind of the same thing at Everton, just with slightly smaller sums. So, uh there's clearly there's clearly something wrong with Manchester United from the first two games of the season. Albeit last year would have said the same thing. And then third game of the season, they beat us at Old Trafford. So and then they go on an amazing run where Marcus Rashford was the darling of FPL for three or four months there. But like it's a square pegs and round holes issue. But I see some parallels to how we started last season. Like that first game against Wolves just screamed us against Fulham last year. And I mean, I reveled in it because I don't like Manchester United, but I imagine uh, FIFA Kev, that might've been a little bit concerning for you. And, like, I just want to ask you, you being the Man United guy, do you have concerns that Casemiro might have gone a bit Fabinho? No, I, I don't. I, I think I think it's more at the moment. I think they're all trying to kind of get used to this new way we're pressing, um, especially since we brought in Mount for Ericsson. We're basically playing a lot more of a one-to-one, -one, like, man-marking press, and it, it works in terms of catching people out. But I don't think Castamere was quite used to it yet because he's still getting a bit giddy. And, and I'm, I'd, I'd say that in terms of last year, it worked really well for us. Ooh, ooh. I got to stop you there. He tried to man mark us at Anfield, and look yeah, how that yeah, went. Yeah, I'm not on about the man mark. That I'm not saying the man mark went well for us. I'm saying he generally yeah. won the ball a lot. He caught teams out with how well he stepped up and took the ball off people. He can't 
do that as much in the way we're trying to play. He basically needs to sit a bit deeper, not be as jittery and basically help defend that back line. And at the moment, he's still kind of, I think, finding finding his feet with trying, trying to wave it, play this new way. And also, I think maybe he just needs someone who might be a bit more defensive. Um, and maybe that'll be a something of basically Mount or Bruno maybe have to be a bit more calmer and kind of trying to give a bit of help. Or if we do bring in Amrabat, he obviously gives gives some help as well, um, but I'm not I'm not worried. I, listen, I, I've seen this Man United team pretty much since I, I've grown up look shaky at the start of a season, and once we kind of play our way into it, we kind of most of the time we figure it out. Um, so I'm I'm not too stressed, especially when we are trying to play a new way because I think Tenar's got the players that he wants. So I'm not um, I'm not too stressed. Yet. It's too early. And we played a Tottenham team that I actually think are pretty pretty decent. I don't I don't I think they get probably a lot a lot less credit than they probably do. So I'm I'm not too stressed. I'm not too stressed. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, I'm, Spurs is the other part of the equation. I mean, of course, we're all got our biases here, and Spurs might get forgotten about a bit. I I think Spurs fans might get what they've claimed is all they wanted for years and years. I I don't know a lot of Spurs fans, but I know the mantra is. I don't care if we win or lose. We just want to play exciting football. And I think they're going to get exactly that this year because yeah. it, it looks like Ange has them set up to play pretty exciting attacking front foot football, but I don't think it's going to bear a lot of fruits. But also, I think he his demeanor compared to the previous two, three months, he's probably a bit of a fresh, bit of fresh air, isn't he? Honest. Bit modern. More, trust, modern. Bit more fun. Uh, this thing where Gary Neville saying, oh, the copy and Pep's inverted fullbacks within a two-minute Google, Gary, you'll find that he's often played inverted fullbacks whenever And everyone does it anyway. Everyone, yeah. everyone does it. It's just a, you know, it's the, the lazy, oh, copy of Man City. Well, Man City weren't the first club to do it. They're not the last club to do it. You know, other clubs can play similar tactics. You know, Gary so. Neville, in a nutshell, being lazy with half the stuff he says. I, listen, I love Gary Neville, the player, but half the stuff he says as a pundit, I don't agree with. So, Speaking of Gary Neville, love, love affair. Mr. O'Sullivan, your favourite person? Yes, mate. I think Manchester United could have a Casemiro problem the longer the season goes on with the type of midfielders that they have and the way they want to play. They have to get an Amrabat in there. You have to get someone with a defensive head on who, snow, who sniffs danger and who's aware of problems before the problems happen. Mason Mount is not that player. Anthony is not... I'd, I would have thought by now Ten Hag would have realised his mistake in, with Anthony. The fact that he's hung his hat on him for the amount of money that they've paid for him. It's almost a case of, I've got to stick with him now to prove a point. And he doesn't fit. He's, he's a square peg in a round hole where I think Mason Mount should be playing in that position. I don't understand the signing, the Hoyland signing. I think that's it. That is 72 million for a kid who, if you'd have said to anyone in March, Manchester United are going to go out and spend £72 million on a teenager, he is not the one you would be firing a name at. They'd have been looking at everywhere else. It wouldn't have been him. I don't get it. I think the amount of pressure this kid has got to be under to hit the ground running from the start is immense because Rashford is very good from the left-hand side coming in. He's not a very good number nine. He, he, with his back goal or being a centre forward, 
he's not very good at it and he doesn't have the people behind him to provide him with the, the proper chances you'll get half chances and you'll like kev said you they've created chances but you wouldn't say they're guilt-edged that you know they should be doing that he he needs better service than what he's getting from that's why he's, if he's playing off the, if he's playing off the left Mason Mount is playing off the right. You put Enamor Bass in with Casemiro and you can play Bruno in a freer role. It's Hoyland, Hoyland has to hit the ground running, score enough goals. From I, everything, I, think, I just couldn't. Be, I, I couldn't understand how Spurs were able to run through that midfield so easily. Basuma was outstanding. Basuma was outstanding, but Spurs in that second half walk through that Manchester United midfield at ease whenever they wanted. And the Wolves game, Wolves were brilliant and they deserve something out of that game. Man United poxed it. They absolutely fluked the three points and you take them when they come your way because it's the start of the season and you haven't played well, you get three points. But when you back that up with another poor 90 minutes, this weekend I think they're playing Nottingham Forest and it's vital that they get it's it's almost more important this weekend against the Nottingham Forest side who will press the living daylights out of them as well. They have to put a performance in to build a confidence up to say, okay, those we've brushed the, we've brushed the cobwebs off. Now we're going to go and attack the season. But they they have to get this next transfer right, and they they I think they've they have to get one. I think they need to get one out, one big earner out to be able to. Right. To get him in, from everything um, I've seen, that Ho- means Hoyland weren't meant to be the only attacker. Like yeah. we were meant to bring in two, and he was meant to be the second one. Like he wasn't meant; he was meant to be for the future, and we were meant to bring in someone mm-hmm. else. Like we were meant to sell Maguire, we were meant to sell McTominay, we were meant to yeah. sell Van der Beek, we were meant to potentially be selling Wambasaka or Dallo. I'm not sure what one. We were meant to be selling Martial, I think, and we were meant to potentially be selling Jane Sancho as well. So I think it's more been a thing of like Ten Hag set out who his three players were to be basically priority for however long he planned on being there. And then there were players afterwards that were meant to come in and basically the club have let him down by not selling these players. Like if you get a £30 million offer from West Ham for Scott McTominay, you bite their hand off and run in the other direction. You don't go back to him and ask for £45 for Scott McTominay. So for me, I just kind of feel like there was meant to be other players to come in to kind of fill out the rest of the squad that didn't happen because I feel like we kind of got lit down by who we got but I, but I think that's a lot a larger problem is down to the money that's owed in loyalty payments and that I I couldn't believe your man Williams the le- young left back he's gone on loan I think today to Norwich mm-hmm. and he's no, on fifty grand a week Ipswich, Ipswich. Yeah. he's on he's on fifty grand a week it's it's because he had a, he had a spell he had a spell three or four years ago where. I know he was really young and he was in the starting team. I think we gave him a new contract because yeah. I think it was when Shaw was still coming back and we weren't sure. And I think they were looking at him, and we kind of gave him a bit of a bigger contract. I think, but I did. A Listen, I, Man, Man, like that isn't crazy. Listen, for, for Man United, that is he's on the lower end. Man, you are exactly, are but it, it typifies where the problem is. You saw oh, it with um, with Phil Jones, with money, you know, horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like us giving Nico Williams fifty thousand a week. Like, yeah, <laughs> what? Oh, I understood the oh, logic oh, when oh, I was Nat watching oh, Nat Phillips sixty-five. 
I was watching, yeah, but I was watching a thing with um, Mika Richards when he said that Man City offered him 100 grand a week when he was like 19 or something because they were so tight on their quota for homegrown players that they would rather pay him 100 grand a week, you know, 5 million a year than have to go and replace it. It's probably you know, doing but that. Look, we, we only got a we, few minutes to go. Well, um, it's what Liverpool are doing that, Phillips, let's be fair. Yeah, there's a few breaking yeah. stories there tonight. Um, there's one yeah. there now. Monaco yeah, reached a broad agreement for £40 million for Balogun. So that, and it looks like Tierney is off on loan to Real Sociedad as well. So mm-hmm. that could free up some squad space for Arsenal to do some business this week. Who's uh, going to play Liverpool left back were... for them on the weekend if Tommy Asu in... suspended and Tierney's going out the door? Zinchenko, he came off the bench. Oh, Zinchenko's back, yeah. Right. Well, we were loosely linked with two players from Feyenoord today. Um, Matt's Weifer is a holding midfield player, 25 years of age, 23 years of age, uh, Dutch international, uh, won the Eredivisie last year, decent player for a reasonable fee. And the other one is David Hanko, we were linked with as well. Uh, same club, Slovakian centre-back, uh, left-sided, left-footed centre-back, uh, but idea. really highly rated, statistically brilliant in the Dutch league last year for, for Feyenoord. So I'll keep an eye on those two loose links for the week and Did see what happens. But I think there's going to be an awful lot of business done this week around the league. There's some, yeah. cl- some clubs out there have... have well, let's, Big let's holes have, in the squads that need filling, us have, as much as before, anyone else. Before we go, let's have a quick look at the sort of in and around the Premier League because it feels like a, it feels like a summer where there's been an awful lot of talk, and then you've realised quite a few players haven't actually moved. Yeah, that you think would have moved. Uh, I mean, listen, generally there's, there's there's some players at United I thought we I thought you'd sold. You know, like I thought that do you know what? I generally thought McTominay got sold six weeks ago. And then I saw him on the bench for United. I was like, oh, that's really good. No, you know, so West Ham has... went in for both of him and Maguire and we accepted Maguire and asked for more for McTominay. So I don't know why. Mm. I think McTominay is the type of player that United should be keeping, to be honest. Yeah. I don't. It's he's a, a long handy... season. I like him. I think he's a decent player. He's a handy squad player to put in your rotation. That's when Europe kicks in. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, I, him, I thought I, I thought Marshall had been sold. Ages ago, no, yeah. But, I wish, I wish they were. Yeah, I mean, well, look Jeremy at- Doku to Man City went through tonight, uh, fifty-five point four million pounds, and we were linked with him a couple of years ago. So that's your Mara's. Um, ultimately, that's your that's taking the Mara's. That's your Mara's replacement. I'm surprised they didn't get any criticism for that. You know, like with Man U with the Hoyland thing, like yeah, Doku scored what six goals last year. In the pay nearly yeah. sixty mil, I, and no one really a, mentions anything. I think it's I think it's because it's. Uh, I, think, I think he's a £40 million player. I, th- I, I do think he's about £15 million overpaid for. But, it just, it just yeah. seems like they never get criticism. And I get it because generally their signings do well, but it's just like you paid six, £60 million quid for someone who scored six goals and I think when you played a lot of minutes as well. I always say when you're reigning champions, you get, you, you get away with a bit more, to be honest. Yeah, you do. You, you, just... give it, you give it a bit more credit. And th- they've also been after... Nunes, who was Liverpool last year, they've had a yeah. £7 million pound bid. It's going to take a lot more than that to get him. This late in the window, yeah, because well, they wanted the lad from West Ham, didn't they? But due to off the field and issues, um, that's, that's fell through very, very quickly. On Nunes, one, one thing I'd say on Nunes is it's a deal that Wolves probably wouldn't mind doing for a, de- for a good fee because 
they, yeah, knew, they do need to spend money and they haven't been able to this window so far. Yeah, that's so I think there's a sweet spot there for him. Yeah, they're FFP knackered, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a surprise one as well yesterday that went through a loan move Gonzalo Montiel for um, Seville to Nottingham Forest. You know, World Cup winner, the uh, hero. left back, Nottingham, yeah, Nottingham Forest getting him in on loan for a season. I mean, that's a clever bit of business. And the other one I thought was a bit, you know, nothing to see here. Lewis Hall going from Chelsea to Newcastle on loan with an obligation to buy next year. It's nice having friends in football, isn't it? It's yeah. mental money. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Just yeah. take the money out of this hand and put it into this hand. And <laughs> the book's Alleg- all even out at the end of the day. Allegedly. We'll just put that in there so we're all right. Um, so <clears> it says, I mean, look, Kev, was last couple minutes. Do you expect Liverpool to do anything more before the window shuts? Yeah, I think we get one in. Um, I think we'll get. I think we we'll get one in, and I wouldn't be surprised if, when the window closes, a deal for Andre is announced for January. Mm. I would be very surprised if that doesn't happen. I can definitely see the reasons why Fluminense don't want to sell him. You know, they're on the verge of. They're winning the Brazilian league and they're favourites to win the Copa Libertadores. So, and he's already, plus the Fluminense manager is currently in charge of the Brazil squad and he's picking him for Brazil as well. So, he's he's, he's played nearly 40 games already. So, what you don't want, yeah, 40 games, exactly, come come straight into Liverpool in now and then you're going, right, kicking. You're you're asking for for a burnout or injury, but at least in January he's had his summer break, you know, and he can get speed. Yeah. Basically, what City did with Alvarez. Exactly. I, I, that's the I can I can see that kind of a deal happening for for him, and I think it's it's literally planning for Thiago going next summer. I agree with which what is, Keith was saying on uh, Fatback Four recently about that, but I can sense. definitely see us doing one. Who that one is. Graven Birch wouldn't be out of the way. I think it'll be more of a box-to-box type of midfielder. I think they're not going to go in and bring in another six when you've got Endo and Bacetic to rotate in. We're only going to play with one. Or it's or something they think, you think or you or something they think they can mold into a six over time. Over time, yeah. Then, yeah, but I think with uh, Graven Birch, you can use him in a variety of roles. Or um, maybe they go back for Turam, hmm. you know, someone like that. I can, but I definitely think we'll be in for one. But okay. I, unless we get an exit, I don't think it'll be more than that. Yeah, Matt, I'll give you a scenario. You tell me things work. You tell me this is a bit, bit of fun FIFA, a bit of fun FIFA chat. Liverpool get Graven Birch, who we don't have to register because he's because of his age, and they get him Manu Kone. But we don't do anything with the defense and take the risk of just fucking hope they stay fit. You all right with that? Or would you rather do a grab and birch and hope to find a way of getting a defender? I I don't think that we need two more non like if you're gonna bring two midfielders in, I think one of them almost certainly would have to be a specialist six. I mean, yeah, you can bring Graven Birch in and he doesn't need to be registered for the Premier League games, but he needs to be registered for the Europa League games. 
So people need to start that area. Oh, we still got these spots left. We're, I believe now with the signing of Endo, if you include Ben Doak in your Europa League squad, we're all full. We're full. Unless it's a homegrown player or a, a, you know, a foreign player that's been in the FA system for a few years and they're under the age of 21, then that would be okay. Like Lavio had his requisite years in at the City Academy, so he counts as homegrown. So he would have slotted in to a Europa League side. But a guy like Ben Doak with only one year, does not. So uh, I I think we're going to get a defender. I think we're going to get a defender kind of out of the blue. I think Jerry from our Telegram chat might have his dream come true with Piero Hincape from Leverkusen. No, Kev disagrees with me. It's not a hope in hell that, are we ever dealing with that agent again. If he sacks his agent, then maybe. But other than eh. that, we are never dealing with Sierra ever again. And I wouldn't want to. Money, money cures all hurt feelings, Kev. In this world, yeah. Look at the money. Look at the money he asked for, and in, yeah, in, but in that two was, years' that time, he'd a... be pimping him somewhere else. No thanks. That's fine. And then we sell the player in two years' time. It's, I don't think I don't think Piero Hincape is of a Levi Colwell level. I think he's exactly the type of player where if he's got an agent that wants to get him a move to Real Madrid or Barcelona for a huge amount of money, fine. We got to be okay with letting our players get sold as long as they're not the key cornerstones of our team. Like there's certain players you put under lock and key, Trent, Allison, Virgil, you know, Mo Salah. Other than that, we have to be okay with some of our players getting sold or else you end up with squad bloat like we had in the past few years. So, uh, no, I'm going to say no to your uh, proposal, Chris. Oh, uh, I, I, think Paul, we're, I think we got to get a defender you. in. Paul and... said, just, just don't register, just don't register Adrian for the Europa League. This is true. This is true. How, how, uh, how, how often do you use a third choice keeper in Europa League? Pretty well. That's that's pretty, called pretty tempting rare. fate, right there, Chris. That's called tempting fate. That's the best way to that's the best way to live, mate. Yeah, uh, but I think I think Olympia is going to absolutely thump Fluminense tonight, six or seven nil, something like that, and he's going to have his bags packed at the sideline. And he's going to be like, "I'm out of here," and he's going to go. Uh, but what, no, I, I really about, think that's a deal that needs to get done. I think that Andre what, deal needs to get thing, done. I can't wait to I watch think it. I was going to say, one thing, thing on Paul's comment there, they've been putting out Petluga in front of the media and letting him do interviews a bit more. That that kind of surprised me. So the idea that they would use Petluga as a number three, who does not, who's homegrown, clubgrown, is, uh, that's not a bad show, to be honest. Worth definitely worth keeping an eye on that one. I'm like a bloke, I'm like a broken clock, mate. Okay, eventually one of them sticks. Should be an ITK. No, no, come, come. it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of time and effort to make all that stuff up. And I couldn't be bothered with the energy. Um, but so go on, then, Matt, give us a name Who, who's coming in. ITK, Matt, uh, come on. I think you're gonna get Hincape and a January deal for Andre, and uh, we ride like this. Unless there's more behind Curtis Jones's injury, if the club feels that he might be out for months as opposed to weeks, then I'd love to see us go back and get Manu Kone. Hmm. My money's on Kone and Gravenberch, and then we just go fuck it. Let's see what happens. And uh, I think we've been we've been somewhere off in January. But you know, we will see. I'll be su- I'll be surprised if we don't sign one more. I think two. I think two at this point is just a bit living in hope. Yeah, but I think so. We we will see. We will see. Right yeah. before we go, anything anything else anyone else had? Kevs? Yeah, I want just about. I just quick. What do you think with Newcastle this weekend? 
Um, just quick win, draw, loss. How, how do you see it going? Just quick, a quick one for the two lads about. Win. Who's, who's win. Of course. Of course a win. We're, we're away. Oh. We beat them last year, but they were down to 10 men after, what, 20-odd minutes? Yeah, I'll, I'll take they created. I'll take them. Uh, I'd take a draw. I'd, I'll take a draw. I, I said before this, when the season kicked off, get a draw at Chelsea, <laughs> draw at Newcastle, win your two home games. That's, that's a perfectly fine start to the season and go from there. I think they've got, yeah. I think, I also think they had no Bruno Grimeras in the game we played as well, which I think is a big hole. The only thing they're missing is they are missing Joe Linton, so it does take a bit of energy out of their side. So I'd love a win, but I'm more than happy with a draw at Newcastle. What are you going with, Mr. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be a cracking game. It'll be a cracking game for sure. You know, it's definitely one worth watching. Kev, you're away at Forest. What are you expecting yeah. out of that one? If we don't win, then I might just go cry for the week. Um, if we, yeah, we need to win that one. Um, I was quite looking forward to it initially because there was rumours Hoyland might be back, but he's not back. So we've got Rashford up front again, who just stares and doesn't know where he's at. So it looks like Luke Shaw's out for a few weeks as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and Malassia's out, and my Kobe Manu's out still. We've just got every. We've got loads of injuries, and I'm just having a great time. So, looking forward to hoping to win and probably drawing. So, but yeah, go. hopefully we'll I don't win. Like, yeah, it's going to be a big uh, weekend Matt, for sure. Matt, before we go, anything you want to leave, or should we leave on that happy note of Man United being very upset because they got lots of injuries? I, I mean, that's not a bad place to leave it. I think I think Wolves Everton <laughs> is going to be a bonkers game this weekend. I think oh, that could yeah. be one of those ones you expect to be a nil all and ends up being five three or something like that because. That's just madness. So, I'd say if Wolves score early, that ground's going to be toxic. <laughs> oh, they were the away fans were leaving on what fifty minutes last weekend. So mm. let's see if the home fans can beat that. You, it's early in the season, but if you're short dice, that's where you worry because if the away support starts to like just be disinterested, you can on that hides and often. I think the problem is if you blame the manager and they get rid of the manager, fuck knows what they bring in. Frank, it's obviously Frank. It'll only well, ever always be Frank Lampard from now on. They were last time, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that's what they get for mis- mistreating and absolutely throwing Rafa Benitez under the bus. So good for him. Ah, uh, cracking that. Right on that happy note, we'll let everyone go. So shows the rest of the week. I don't know if we've got anything tomorrow. Um, and then we've got post match on Sunday, Sunday with. Yeah, I think post it's me match and, Sunday. Is it me and you, Matt? Well, I'm I'm planning on doing it, so yeah. Oh, see who's I, think I think it's me and you. Lucky, lucky uh, you. Yeah. And then we have fat back four Sunday evening, and then the whole cycle starts again. We're giving Kev a week a week off because you know, yes, he needs a break. <laughs> no, I got my young my youngest has got her exam results coming tomorrow, so the, it's going to be a nervous household tonight. Kev Guinness. Yeah, something mm-hmm. something along those lines. Listen there. FIFA Kev, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, we'll no uh, doubt have you on again during the season. Uh, I always uh, enjoy it. Good, good, good. Mr. O'Sullivan, I will no doubt speak to you in about 10 minutes and we'll be on another show. And Matt, I'll see you Sunday. See ya. Until then, guys, thanks for watching. Speak to you all very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.